Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into Hoopsville on this Sunday, September 17th. Uh, September. November. Well, already off to a roaring start here. November 17th, 2019. I am your host, Dave McHugh, and welcome in to the show that has gone through a lot of changes, been a slightly delayed. We hope with all these changes that we're somehow able uh, to get you ready <laughs> And get you on the air uh, or, or, or can chat with you. That's probably the most important part of this is we want to chat with you. And we've gone through some small changes. Um, I think we're still simulcasting on Facebook. We will find out shortly as I as I gander, as it were, uh, over in that neck of the woods. We are live on Facebook. That works. So we're off to a roaring start there uh, as well. So uh, welcome in, everybody. And uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. Um, this is uh, a little delayed in coming. We apologize for that. We didn't hit the start of the season like we expected to, but uh, say la vie, as they say. Say la vie. Um, there is a ton to talk about, and some of it is right behind me. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> we are um, in a new studio, but we're not in a new studio. We're in a changed studio, as it were. Uh, some things haven't changed. Some things will change. We will constantly change things. We will talk about that in a bit. I will admit I am I'm trying to figure out how we're going to interact with each other a little bit. Um, we are streaming live streaming on Facebook. So as always, we hope you'll join us there. Uh, though, want to thank our broadcast partners now at Blue Frame Technology. Uh, you might remember they jumped on board last year at some point to be the uh, presenting sponsor of the Hoopsville Hotline. We have worked with their production truck software over the years, and uh, love it for sports pr production. Uh, on a mediums on a medium level listen if I, i'm doing world team tennis like you do in the middle of the summer we're not using production truck i don't think that's anything that blue frame would uh would would mind me saying uh it's a much different setup with world team tennis and elsewhere but for for sports like the d3hoops.com classic and other events that we do it is outstanding and so we've been in We've been in touch with them for years, to be honest with you. And uh, it's evolved. Uh, good ideas thrown back and forth during the offseason, even during last season. And the next thing you know, we've got a new platform. Now, you'll notice we're not on YouTube. Um, that's because YouTube is going to take a, a step back for a bit. We may still utilize it in some way. We can technically still stream to it, but to be, to be blunt... Uh, we'd rather keep streaming to here and, and not split us too much. We obviously are splitting to Facebook. Um, the graphics package, the way the show looks currently, will look similar for a little bit of time. Uh, that will evolve, we think, over time as we start to utilize uh, Blueframe's production truck software a little bit more. You're going to see differences in advertising. Um, you remember last year we started gathering some uh, advertisers, as it were, to join the show. That will continue. But with our connection with Blueframe, we're going to get another opportunity to find advertisers as well. And so the commercial breaks are going to change a little bit. I'm going to go to a little bit more longer uh, model with the commercial breaks, but we're going to do them less frequently, if that makes any sense. I think we average three to four commercial breaks an hour. Uh, we're going to try and average between two and maybe three an hour from, from moving forward. So a lot of changes in that category. We're going to deal with some gremlins. Uh, we were still kind of building the studio as of today. Uh, so we're to deal with some gremlins. I'm not supposed to be wearing headsets. I, I made a, an investment so it could use a, a different system. 
it's not working the way I expected it to, so we're going to have to keep working on that. So we'll keep with the headsets from uh, here on out for now. So uh, we'll see how this goes uh, the rest of the way. And we, if you have questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. You can always email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. You can always join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where once again, we are, um, what is the term I'm looking for? Um, simulcasting the show. We are not on Twitter right now. Uh, we have used Periscope in the past. To be honest, we get a lot of hits at the beginning of the show with that. And then it disappears. And that's just because that's how Twitter is designed. We'll see if we go back to it. Well, I, I don't know. We'll see. Here's the biggest thing about Blue Frame. You can now watch us on your OTT, whether uh, it's your Amazon Fire, your Apple TV, your Android TV, or your Roku app. Get your remote out, pop on the TV, and you get to see us in all your glory. Yeah, that's a little crazy, right? Uh, I have not seen it yet in action. On our side, we've just seen the placeholder, as it were. Right now, not a lot of shows are loaded. We will spend this week loading a number of our shows. And then, as we always do, we'll try and personalize each show as it gets closer to that show. But you, now you can watch us on your big screen through an OTT. You can watch us on Facebook on a simulcast. You can watch us on your mobile device um, through the blue frame window as we have we may change that too right now we're driving everybody to our main page now we didn't do that a lot uh, we'll still have an archive page but we'll drive the main page but here's the other thing we get a portal through blue frame as well we may utilize that in a different man, uh, avenue as well so bear with us as we kind of figure out what works best for the show uh we just signed the deal and solidified it in the last week or two with blue frame and uh look forward to uh, to where that takes us down the road uh our changes also a little bit of a delay I'll, I'll take a personal note for a moment if you don't mind um there are some who say i shouldn't even be on the air today uh they may be right uh, I will not deny that they may be accurate on that. Talking to Karen Harvey earlier today as we prep for the show. Uh, love Karen. Of course, she's back as committee chair for the Women's Committee. We'll talk more about that down the road on this show. Um, but she said, you know, I, I can't believe you're on the air. And she's not the only one who said that. And they may be right. I, I maybe shouldn't be on the air. I am slightly over two weeks removed from back surgery. Um, it was something that's suffered well technically in my history it may go all the way back to college um but it finally in the last few years has been bugging me i just didn't realize it until march a couple days before the uh the uh final four in fort wayne um i didn't realize at the time but i now realize it went out herniated the disc and um we gutted it out for fort wayne and let's just say the next few weeks were less than enjoyable uh we did everything we could to avoid surgery we did epidurals we did uh physical therapy no i did not do acupuncture for anybody of you asking it, it clearly was at a point that we were way past maybe even thinking about that uh, and so we eventually decided to go with surgery now the irony being is i have a job in the off season and we blogged about this a few weeks ago uh about I work for Major League Baseball, my two ballparks, the Orioles and the Nationals. And I'll be honest, in uh, May, I pretty much thought my season with Major League Baseball would end at the end of September. And uh, I was pretty sure of that in June. And then things started changing in the beginning of September. I thought, well, maybe this run by the Nationals is coming to a close, and it didn't. And so I got to work postseason. That postponed our surgery as a result. Um, I'm not going to complain. Uh, I got paid and worked and was very involved with the World Series. No, no 
no qualms about that, any way, shape, or form. Um, the only thing I would, would have a qualm about is the fact that we had to push the surgery as a result. Surgery got pushed um, to Halloween. So I dressed up as a patient and went in and had back surgery. So I am a little over two weeks removed. I'll admit after doing work today, it, my back's not thrilled at me today. I'm all now also now realizing I don't have my uh, the pad I had behind me, but that's okay. So if you see me waning a little bit or grimacing, just bear with me. Those in the podcast, you'll get to miss all of that. Speaking of changes, the, uh, oh, by the way, so the back surgery is why we're late on the air. We're about a week later than we expected, week and a half later than we expected. Um, we could have gone another week, to be honest with you, and, and to, for me to be a little bit more up to speed. But um, it is what it is. Uh, we're we're going to take it as, it as it comes, as it were, and throw all the cliches as we can in there at the same time. Um, We'll, we'll do the show and we'll do it well. And uh, we didn't want to keep you, our fans and friends, um, waiting for us. So thanks for uh, bearing with us, as it were. Um, all right. So uh, other changes, podcasts. Uh, you, you know you can get through SoundCloud and you can get it through Apple uh, Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And you can also get it through Spotify. That's been the that was all last year. Uh, and when we went back to look at our podcast numbers, really good numbers. And I want to thank all of you who tune into our podcast, whether it's a little bit of it or the whole thing. You do it at one and a half speed or whatever you do. Uh, thank you. Uh, it really means a lot to us. We notice we average some so solid numbers with our podcast. So we're we're making sure everybody can get it on the device that they like. We are now with iHeartRadio uh, on their podcast system. We have uh, submitted to a few others. Uh, but I honestly lost track. I think we have one or two more to add. We'll keep you up to date on all of that. But uh, yeah, so lots of changes. And oh, by the way, did you notice the studio? Looks a little different behind me. I will get this out of the way now. My wife is mostly responsible for what you see behind me. Uh, she decided to take it upon herself to help freshen things up, which I appreciate. But then when you have back surgery and there's still work and a lot of work to do, she stepped up to do a lot of the work you see behind me. I also... so. Uh, goes without saying thank you to my wife. Also, thank you to my son and daughter who helped where they could. Also, a huge thank you to Jared Rose, uh, Ronsky. If you don't know Jared, you should. He's been the uh, championship PA voice in Salem, Virginia for a number of championships. Uh, he's involved with football. Uh, he's been the main voice for both men's and women's basketball and, and other sports that are in Salem. Um, he and I work together in other capacities as he's outside D.C. and I'm in the Baltimore area. Um, my work with the Baltimore Brigade is because of Jared. Anyway, long story short, Jared felt he wanted to come up and help. He knew I was struggling to get this studio back together after what was another uh, water leak in our house that absolutely uh, tore this place apart. We could not keep it together as much as we tried. We're lucky. Reluctantly, frustratingly, we had to tear a lot of it apart. Jared came up um, about a, a week ago, a little less than a week ago, helped put all of the, the main cabling back together for me and, and labeled up and even better than I had had it before, which is... Well, that's saying something because I, I didn't I had it about halfway to where I wanted it to be. He came up and did all the wiring, got us to where we are. So my wife and Jared, and my family, thank you very much. You now see we've got some cool shelves. The the wall is painted a different color. What? Uh, you can now see things, I think, a little bit better as a result of that. Uh, hey, Mike, uh, how you doing? Yeah, joining us there on Facebook. Um, so, yeah. We appreciate everybody uh, tuning in or uh, joining us. And uh and seeing what we're doing. 
Um, and uh, I'm glad it's working uh, for everybody. Um, I, I love the new the, the new look here, and I, I hope we can uh, move down the road, as it were, on on what else we can do with it. Um, again, I'm trying to play around with uh, our show here. Uh, I don't think uh, Blue Frame's got a chat room with it. That that's fine. We're just gonna have to get used to maybe going old school again. Uh, and that means uh, chatting. Hello, Aunt BJ. My aunt joining me. Says, looking forward to a great season of Hoopsville. Thank you. Um, we got it on Facebook. You can chat there. You, you've got Twitter. You've got email. Um, we've got a new fangled system. I can actually get this laptop where I want it. There's going to be reasons behind this uh, down the road. Um, so interact with us. I realize the chat room that we had through YouTube is no longer necessarily there, uh, but we will work on it. Uh, we'll try and figure it out. Um, see if we can make sure to interact with everybody the way we want to. Uh, thanks, Mike. Uh, I Yeah, I, I like the studio. I like how it, we'll add more to it. We've still got some memorabilia we haven't put in place yet. Forgive me if my mic slips. Um, we haven't gotten everything hung. There's some jerseys that still need to be hung. Uh, the famed Johns Hopkins jerseys actually sneaked off here in the corner. Uh, you can barely see it. You might have to find a better home for it uh, because I know everybody loves seeing that thing. Uh, but we'll find more homes for things as we go through the season and, and find ways to continue to dress it up. We don't want to overclutter it necessarily, uh, but we'll, we'll work our way there. Uh, so let's quickly talk about what we've got ahead of us because we're coming up on our first break here. Um, first and foremost, uh, we got a couple guests on the show tonight, as we always do. We have a lot of news to talk about, too, and we will sprinkle that throughout the show. Um, we will talk to the two preseason number one teams in men's and women's basketball. Coming up first, it'll be G.P. Gromacki from Amherst joining us to talk about his mammoth squad, what he expects from his team this year, the expectations of being number one, and maybe the expectations of a little bit different NESCAC this year. Uh, we will also talk to the number one men's team, Swarthmore Men's Basketball. Landry Kozmowski will join us. No centennial team has ever been ranked number one in the history of the D3Hoops.com poll. Think about that. And Swarthmore gets a preseason nod after finishing runner-up in the championship game last year. Uh, Landry Kozmowski will join us on the show as well. And later in the program, Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott will join us for a double uh, top 25 double take and, and really just kind of a, of a, a look at the entire start to the season. Um, we're going to add Bob more to the show, mainly because Bob threatened us. He didn't. Uh, it just sounds like a good story, doesn't it? Uh, Bob, Bob knows his stuff, he, and he's been a part of this show since almost the very, very beginning. Well, I think we had him on the first season, and he's willing to spend his Sundays with us, and we'd be a fool not to take advantage of that. So we get a couple different voices, and we'll do our best to, to cover women's basketball. So that's coming up tonight. I want to thank the NABC, who's once again signed on to join us here on the show. It's going it, to it goes without saying that saying that Charlie Brock, Paige Moyer, Pat Cunningham, Bill Raleigh, Jody May, um, Daniel Priest, uh, Gary Stewart uh, and a whole host of others have been instrumental in helping us be on the air and be the studio that we are. I really appreciate the NABC jumping on board again. There's big news out of the NABC, by the way. Jim Haney, the, the head, is stepping down. Now, that we'll talk about as the season progresses. Uh, on the women's side, the WBCA back on board once again. Uh, I 
beyond humbled at that fact. Um, we really appreciate them. Uh, this is their, what, third year? Fourth year? Ooh, sorry, WBC. I'm actually forgetting. And that's a good thing. That means we've had you on board for so long. NABC, we've had on board for at least, uh, I think this is now 11 seasons or 12 now. WBCA 3 or 4. Instrumental, really helpful. We really appreciate their support, and we'll talk more about that. So that means um, the center court's back. I'm going to see if we can change up the uh, coach's corner a little bit. Different reasons. Blue Frame, as we mentioned, is back not only as a streaming partner, they're the, the host of our uh, Hoopsville Hotline once again, and we thank them uh, for that support. And again, uh, the support of our streaming capabilities. And we'll have some more sponsors and advertisers added as the weeks progress here. We have a number of interested people uh, out there. We still need to send our advertising packages to the schools. You might remember a couple of schools in the last few years have advertised on the show. Uh, institutions, we should say. We really appreciate that. Um, that will be coming up. Sorry, there was a little bit of a static there in our line for a long time. Um, we'll have more as we add it. And again, with the Blue Frame technology, we can get other advertising things. It's kind of a cool little way of making it work. And so we hope it... Uh, we hope it all works out for everybody. Um, we need to take a break here shortly, but there was a lot of coaching changes in the offseason. There were rule changes in the offseason. We're not going to get to all of it tonight. Um, it, unfortunately, our plan in the offseason was to do monthly podcasts, and we were off to a good start. Um, we were going to do a... Uh, well, we did get the May one out. April ended up technically being our final show uh, from March. And again, my back being biggest reason we had trouble getting the show out of the uh, off, officially off the air in March. Uh, we ended up having a kind of an April podcast with our with our winners and some other things. Then we did a May podcast, and we were setting up for June. Though then the studio was getting torn apart. Uh, we had it ready to go, but then I needed to spend more time dealing with my health. And uh, June slipped into July. Now I am busier than busy, busy. And then that slipped into August. And at that point, we were completely derailed. Studio was a mess. Long story short, we may this week, later this week, what I'm, I'm hoping to do is put out just a separate podcast regarding all the rule changes. I had a long, in-depth conversation with Bill Raleigh, who's at uh, the... Um, um, athletics director down in texas um we talked about all of these changes why they change how they change what could be coming now granted from the men's point of view primarily but he's got a little insight on the women's we'll put that together and, and we hope to have that just as a separate self you know in the middle of the week and you can get a little bit more kind of inside baseball it's also a tease on what we would like to do moving forward also from a fundraising point of view um to Anyway, we can talk about that more later down the road. So we'll cover that. But we also had a lot of coaching changes. We'll talk a few about those. We hope to talk um, to some of those changes early in the season here. Some were absolutely shocking. Uh, in, in We lost, what, four or five women's coaches straight to D1. That's the most we have lost, at least in this century, uh, in one offseason. Uh, Trevor Woodruff. Uh, left Scranton to, to start go to Bucknell. Of course, Bucknell's former coach, U Chicago, Aaron. Uh, Aaron went to, to Richmond. Uh, we also have, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, who who uh, Claremont Mud Scripps head coach, good friend of the program. She decided to go to Pepperdine. Now, I can't blame her for going to Pepperdine. Outstanding. If you have never been to Pepperdine and seen the view there alone, the view alone is worth it. 
Uh, you got to do that. So um, she left. Uh, George Fox's coach left. Um, it, it was an interesting. It was an interesting off. Tufts coach left. Right uh, now, I might just be making stuff up. <laughs> um, anyway. We will talk about a little bit more about that during this show. We'll talk a little bit more about some of the stuff that happened with committees. And to be honest with you, not a lot of stuff happened with committees, but there's some interesting stuff. And of course, by the way, I am right about Tufts. Jill Pace is who I wanted to look up who took over the Tufts program. Uh, anyway, long story short, lots to talk about. We'll try and dive into it this week, but we'll be talking about it on Thursday. We'll talk about it on Sunday. A lot of the early shows are going to be kind of still piecing together a lot of the offseason still as we get out of the gate. Quick reminder, there is no top 25 this week. We will stick with the preseason top 25 for one more week, but we will talk more about that with Bob and uh, Ryan at a later date. See, Jeff Shaley has uh, joined the show. Hello, sir. Thank you very much. Joining in. Um, and we're going to wrap up this segment, get to a break. GP Gromacki coming up, talking about his uh, mammoths in the number one slot in women's basketball in the preseason poll. You'll listen to Hoops Hill, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Back with more Hoops Hill when we come back. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. 
We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here on this Sunday evening, the season debut, 17th season. We are on the air with the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. You can also join us on Facebook where our simulcast is on its way, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You'll notice we're not on YouTube anymore. We are streaming through Blue Frame Technology. As a result of that, we don't have the chat room that goes alongside the YouTube We'll see if that is a major factor or not, and then we'll figure out if we need to make an adjustment to that or not. But for now, we're still figuring out the, the new stuff. All right, so a lot of changes we said as we went into break with um, how the uh, season progressed or the offseason progressed with coaches changing uh, where they were uh, and whatnot. Uh, of course, uh, in the NESCAC, I think one of the big surprises was, and maybe it depends on, I guess, how you look at the term surprise. Uh, but one of the surprises, in my opinion, was the fact that um, Tufts head coach decided to go on to D1. We, we talked about a lot of coaches who could move on to D1 in Division Three. One of the names that always comes up, always, it, it, without fail, is G.P. Gromacki at Amherst. And if you joined us last year, we touched on that with him and discussed about whether he would want to move on. Uh, the answer basically was no, not, not that really. But I'll have to admit, when I saw as many D coaches jumping from D3 to D1 this offseason, I thought to myself, well, maybe... Maybe he's changed his mind. Our luck is he got preseason number one, so we're going to talk to him about this. Not about that, but the preseason number one. Joining us on the Hoopsaw Hotline, presented by Blue Frame Technology, it is the head coach of the Amherst Mammoths. It is G.P. Gromacki. Coach, I hope you can hear me, and welcome to the show. Yes, it's great to be on again, Dave. So it's always a pleasure talking with you. Thank you, sir. Uh, technology works, and I want to thank Jared for fixing our system the way it needed to be properly fixed. Um, first and foremost, congratulations, I, I guess, on the preseason number one. The disadvantage is there is now a nice large target on your backs. I guess, though, you guys are used to that. There's always a target to some degree on your backs. What does the number one meet, ranking mean to you? Well, I mean, it's an honor for sure to have, you know, have enough voters because it was obviously a close vote. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely an honor to get the recognition from the voting community. And, um, you know, it, it means a lot to us, but 
and you have to prove it on the court. So, yeah. uh, you know, there's always a little motivation to go with it to, to prove with an M1 team. So whether it helps it or not, I'm not sure, but hopefully it does. Sure. Last season, 25-4, and four, it ended, uh, unfortunately, against St. Thomas uh, in the, uh, I believe it was the uh, Elite Eight. Uh, at their place, of course, you couldn't get to the championship weekend. Interestingly enough, St. Thomas was a preseason number one last year. Uh, not the way you guys expected that season to finish, were, but did you guys achieve what you wanted to achieve, or is it always championship or bust? No, we were we were definitely a little disappointed uh, with our ending and, and our season, and, you know, as a whole. But you know, we were still grateful. We have great players and great kids on the team, and you know, just really outstanding student athletes. So you know, it wasn't exactly where we wanted in, but it, you know, it wasn't too bad either. So there's a lot of good things that hopefully came out of the season, and you now we just put that in the back there and. Uh, move on forward to this year. Did it surprise you to be chosen number one as a result, uh, finishing you know uh, one weekend short, as it were, or is it just show you that the the top has a lot of parity right now in Division Three? Yeah, I mean, like, like I said earlier, it was you know a very tight vote. I mean, I think a lot of teams you know lost a significant amount of players or coaches, and you know, that made a difference. Um, obviously, with Thomas Moore, even Division Three, that opened up a, a hole for sure. Um, but you know, we have we have you know three seniors, all great players, really good leaders, really good people, and you know we have a lot back. So if you look at you know the number of points and rebounds we're training, it's it's pretty high. So in some aspects, we weren't that surprised. Talk about what you've lost, what you've gained, as it were, as a team. What do you what do you have come to the table? We should point out you got a win over New Jersey City uh, at home today to get things started on your end of things in, in a rather easy fashion. But what do you have for a team, and, and why do you think the voters are so gung ho about you guys? Well, um, like I said, we we bring back you know a lot of scoring, you know a lot of. Rebounding, you know, assists, a little bit of everything. So, a very high percentage compared to some teams that got back, like I said, they lost some big pieces. You know, like I said, leading with the three seniors, you know, they won, you know, national championships their freshman and sophomore year. Yeah. So, you know, they're trying to get their third, and I think last year will definitely bring some motivation to them, and I'm sure that, you know, they want to go on and talk, you know, watching other seniors ahead of them do that. He got three seniors on his team. Uh, many will recognize the names: Madeline Eck, uh, Cam Hendricks, and Hannah Fox. You know, three certainly uh, dangerous players. But of course, it's always the underclassmen that are pretty solid as well. Uh, you have three, four freshmen on this team. It seems like, uh, to be honest, looking at your your roster, this might be one of the deeper teams I've seen in terms of numbers. <laughs> yeah, this is the most we've had in a while. <laughs> Only 13 players, so if you look at you know many other teams' rosters, it's definitely not as big. But for us, it's uh, you know a couple ahead for sure. So you know we were happy with what we look like today, and uh, you know got to play a lot of people. And you know as comments I got after the game, we might have some more depth than we usually have. So I'm hoping that's the case. But I was really pleased. 
You've talked about the struggle to find uh, non-conference opponents. A little bit of a longer layoff this year between the start of the season and when you got to play. That's going to maybe even extend down the road. Has it? Was it just as tough this year finding non-conference opponents? Yeah, I have one funny story with that. But you know, the other thing is, I, we didn't do the research, but we might have been the last Division Three women's team to tip off the season this year. Possibly. Um, you know, everyone's starting early. I, I saw one team, I can't remember who it was, played their like fourth or fifth game already. Or we were just playing yeah. at first. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I, I'm guessing we were the last team to tip off, and our, our men haven't tipped off yet. They're tipping off this week. So um, we definitely start a little bit later, and part of it is with the scheduling. And like I said, the story I have is when we were set to go to another tournament, um, and I picked up two games, uh, two new teams because of the Vegas, California trip that we had last year where we get four games and I was scheduled to go to another tournament but then two teams dropped it. Huh. So this was, you know, this was late spring, call it, you know, near the end of school. So I was like, oh gosh, I gotta go back to the well and hold up the guys, you know, at, uh, you know, that run B3 Hoops Classic with you guys and with Brett Seymour. But yeah, we'll take you back for sure. And, uh, you know, called, uh, Carol Chapman and said, oh, yeah, we can take you again and get two more games. So we're going back out there. Uh, we love the trip, by the way, but it's, you know, I'm a little disappointed that our, our seniors had to do this trip three years in a row. Yeah, sure. Um, but we really enjoy the, the competition and the trip and it's a really good time to bond. But yeah, we were set to do one thing with a couple teams just not willing to play again. We had to make the quick change and pick those things up, so now we get to see you guys out there. Yeah, I'll admit, yeah, we were all a little surprised when uh, we got the call saying, hey, um, Amherst is coming back. Wait, men or women? Women. What? Uh, we were used to seeing you every few years, and now we're getting to the habit. You're turning into almost the Ramapo on the women's side. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what, I think that's what Brett was saying. Like, the Ramapo's out there, they, they, they go like five or six years and take one year off, and then they're back again. Right. So, yeah, this is... Three years in a row, and I think our fifth time going out there. So. Yep. Well, hey, we don't mind having you. Uh, we we appreciate it. You've got some interesting opponents, though. You got Ithaca coming up in a week. Uh, Babson, certainly a, a tough team. Uh, you got the sales that you'll play at the Vegas Classic, and as you mentioned, you'll play Redlands and Chapman. Uh, then you'll come home and play Widener. Stevens is a tough opponent as well. You've got a nice mix in there in that non-conference. Maybe a little bit more competitive than I've seen you have in a few years. Yeah, we think so. We like our schedule. I mean, it's it really jam-packed in January, but the best thing about that is we're not in class. Right. Um, and it'll give, you know, give some of our younger players, you know, a time to gel with the returnees, which is good. So, but we, yeah, we have some really tough non-conference teams, and, you know, like I said, a big stretch in January. So, yeah, we're excited about it. Yeah, of course, the conference battle will be the conference battle. A little bit different, though. You know, Tufts has got a new head coach now. Uh, who knows how much that changes that, that program. What are you expecting from the conference slate this time around? Yeah, well, I think our conference, you know, from the bottom up, has gotten a lot stronger than it used to be. You know, and obviously with Tufts and Bowden, um, having really good years, you know, the past few years, they're always a really good opponent and fun to play and, and you know I'm going to miss Tyler to be honest with you we, we had a lot of fun and uh, but 
I'm not surprised that she moved on. She deserved sure. it. She's done a great job with the Plus program, and it's a really good coach. So um, I wasn't one that was completely shocked because I figured someday, you know, she would have to do that. And, uh, and I'm happy for her. Again, I, I hinted it at the beginning. You know, you and I talked last year about the fact that you're you're happy. You aren't necessarily looking for a D1. You haven't interviewed. You certainly have taken some calls because people are going to headhunt you, I'm sure. Did her, Carla leaving and the mass, and I would call it mass exodus when you have five leave, uh, D3 for D1 this year, did, did that change your opinion on that decision? Are you still comfortable with where you're at? Well, I mean, it, it was really impressive. And, uh, you know, I know a few of the coaches that left, and they're really good coaches. So I'm, I'm never really surprised when certain coaches leave to go to Division One. And, you know, I, you know, I'm not trying to sound cocky, but I like, I really, you know, I appreciate, you know, where my life is. And, you know, I'm not chasing something bigger and better. I just uh, am ha- is really happy with... You know, what Amish has given me and just my overall situation um, in general with my family and everything around. I, uh, you know, I don't think about it too much. I just, uh, you know, just kind of live in the moment and don't really look at other things. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful with all, all the opportunities I've given from all the places that gave me an opportunity that got me here. And I'm really, really happy. And, uh, you know, really content where I am. So, and, uh, I'm really not looking and when other people go, I, you know, just great for them, but it doesn't change my life at all. I don't sure. want to change what I'm doing. Sure. Um, I know that, uh, I know that you've, uh, you have a little bit of a difference on the campus. Dave Hickson taking a, a sabbatical this year. Um, I'm sure, as, as all basketball programs are, you guys are close. Uh, Dave getting a little bit of a break. Uh, what's that like from the, the working point of view? Yeah, he, you know, he sent me a text good luck today, and it was kind of, you know, I had to kind of do a double take, and it was like, you know, he's just not around the office telling me good luck. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I really, I, I miss him already, and uh, I know the department and the school does, but, you know, he's in and out around, but he's doing a lot of things um, with his sabbatical, so uh, it is different, you know, fortunately, you have someone that's been around and I've known for a while, Aaron Toomey, yeah. and uh, you know, it hasn't changed too much, I mean, Coach Hickson has... You know, definitely a, a dry human. He's always, you know, digging into me a little bit on things. And, you know, he does too as well. We have we have a good time, and he's going to do a really good job this year. So I'm excited about that. Um, but, it, yeah, it is a little bit different. It, how can it not be when you've been at one place and that's all you've known? Um, and, I've, you know, I've been there. This is my 13th season, and, you know, coaches been there until now. So, um you know, definitely miss him, but he, he's around and he's, you know, he cares a lot about Amherst and their athletic program and the school. So, you know, he's a big supporter of all of us. Sure. And, uh, they definitely, you know, definitely a little bit different. Yeah, I'm quite sure. Um, we'll, we'll look forward to hopefully him coming back, uh, to the campus and, and to basketball as well. Back to you and, and the team. 
Uh, obviously, you got a week off here before the, your next one. You talked about the the kind of the mash of games all in uh, in a row um, there in January. You, you kind of be feast and famine a little bit. How hard is it to both get a later start, but at the same time, I, I've noticed a lot of teams dealing with injuries early on. How do you make sure the players stay healthy out of the gate when maybe the energy is at its highest? Yeah, it's always a concern, but um, we have one first year hurt right now. You know, it's really unfortunate, but she'll be back, which is good good news. Um, and you just feel bad for the players when, you know, they miss time, no matter if they're a first year or a senior. Um, you know, overall, we've been pretty fortunate, uh, at least the past few years, anyway, for the most part. But, uh, you know, I, I think we're easing into it, and... You know, we're, we're pretty prepared, and we're almost in, in shape and in gear, so I think we'll be all right. <laughs> uh, Coach, I appreciate it. As always, you coming on. I know we'll catch up with you in December. I know I'll we'll talk to you down the road. Before I let you go, quickly about the rule changes. We're all still getting used to them a little bit, the 20 seconds on the shot clock when the offense gets a rebound and or the ball out of bounds, uh, little things like that. Your opinion on things? Have you guys figured them out? I know it's only been one game. I mean, I'm, I'm one of those that, like, hey, if they want to change the rule, that's fine by me. I'm not, whatever they want to do. I'm like, I never really get too caught up into that. You know, at first I didn't like the quarters, and I didn't like the one-on-one, but it was kind of like, they're not having one-on-one, now it's like, hey, no problem. Whatever you, you know, the powers above me feels best for the game. Um, I just kind of roll with the punches. I never give my opinion too often. I just kind of say, all right, that's the way it is, and that's the way it's going to be, and let's, let's go with it. Sure. Well, I appreciate the time. As I said, good luck this season. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road, and uh, we'll at least get to see you in Vegas again. Take care of yourself. Uh, as always, yeah. give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuned in? Well, I think I think it's a great time of year for Division Three athletics, and one of the best times. I think... You know, the fall season is any in full gear. You know, you got the soccer players, playoffs going on. You've got the D3 football, you know, national tournament. You know, I, I don't know if the parents came out yet or they're coming out tonight. Just came out, but, yep. Because, you know, that's a great time and everybody's excited about that. And, you know, you've got uh, you know, field hockey, cross country, all the fall sports in full gear. And then you got, obviously, uh, the tip-off of the basketball season. So, you know, I'm excited for all the Division three athletes. You know, that, you know, finishing this season, they're starting their NCAA tournament run and excited to be part of, you know, the Division III basketball community. Awesome. Well said. Thanks again for your time. Take care. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks for having me, Dave. Absolutely. G.P. joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Blue Frame Technology. Uh, easy for me to say. Um, I'm hoping some of you might be uh, enjoying this on our uh, Blue Frame Technology Team One Sports app on the OTT, though the wife is indicating she does not see it on our system. Maybe it's a setting I missed or not. Uh, again, Gremlins with the new system. We're trying to figure out some of the, the nuances and whatnot. Uh, we'll get there eventually. Uh, yeah, so Carlo Barubi, one of those five that we mentioned leaving. Um, I know he says he wasn't overly surprised. And really, after he said that, I kind of thought to myself, well, I shouldn't have been that surprised. Uh, Carla was that good a coach, did that well with the program. I, you know, To say that she uh, wouldn't get a D1 opportunity seems a little crazy, especially considering her background uh, at UConn. I guess it was one of those where, like GP and like others, I think once a coach is there for a period of time, I start to think to myself, they're going to be there a little bit longer. Um, 
Anyway, uh, who knows? Um, congratulations to her, to say the least. Uh, certainly seems like GP Gramacki is more than happy to stay at Amherst, maybe the rest of his career. Uh, not that anybody at Amherst is complaining, as they've got the preseason number one team in women's basketball. Again, Dave Hickson did leave the men's program. That's another one of those big stories this offseason. Um we got a chance to, to to break that news, and I and I thank those involved with allowing us to do that. Uh, it means a lot uh, that people trust us with that kind of news. Uh, at first, with some confusion, not from our postings, but from some others, Dave Hickson is leaving on a sabbatical. He's not leaving to be gone, gone. Uh, at least. He hasn't said that to me. He wants to stress that he is not leaving to be gone. Um, and if Amherst did, if he did retire, Amherst isn't just going to hand the job to Aaron Toomey. And that's not, that's nothing against Aaron Toomey. It's just that Amherst is a smart enough institution to understand that A, Dave Hickson's coaching tree is vast. There are a lot of coaches. Luke Fulkertzi, off the top of my head at Rochester, TCNJ. Uh, you can go through a list of, of places that have an Amherst player or former assistant coach running things that were under Dave Hickson. They're going to have to do a national search. Um, and But we'll, we wish Aaron Toomey all the best this year. We really hope Dave Hickson comes back. That said, Glenn Robinson announcing that he was retiring from F&M caught us by surprise, especially a few days before the start of the season. And my first thought actually was after the surprise was, oh, don't give Dave Hickson any ideas. <laughs> because remember, both of them started about the exact same time. All right, take another break. When we come back, we'll just do a, a recap of a few other top um, headlines that caught our attention. Still ahead, Landry Kalsmowski will join us from Swarthmore, and we'll talk to Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott about things as well. You'll listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops so when we come back. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. For the love of the game, that's what it's all about, they say. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that. It's more about team and the schools and communities we represent. And for the many of us blessed with the strength to compete in sport at the college level, we understand that with what we were given comes a special obligation. An obligation to help those who have their own special needs and whose love for the game is no less intense. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. Since August of 2011, we and others from Division III campus communities have volunteered more than a quarter million hours, time away from the classroom and practice field, reaching across the country to coach and mentor Special Olympics athletes. 
and to learn that in giving, we receive so much more in return. Help us keep that dream alive. Be part of it. Get involved. You can make a difference. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us. To be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to to stop stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. I used to never really talk. Ever. I was scared and shy. It was hard to look at people's faces. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. I made friends and won lots of gold medals. But I learned more than just playing golf. Special Olympics helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to tune in. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. There may be a chat room associated with our uh, our new Blue Frame partners, but to be honest with you, we're still figuring out some of the gremlins. Um, but we will continue to work on those uh, down the road. And uh, thank you, by the way, for your time. Um, let's see here. So... Um, we're talking about some of the changes. Uh, we talked about coaching changes. We talked about the season, by the way, being underway. If you if you hadn't gotten the memo, uh, the season is underway, and we are we are dealing with uh, uh, the fact that uh, teams have already won and lost, and in the top twenty five, it has already been a doozy. Um, I'm going to go back. This does not account necessarily already for 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 this weekend because it hasn't been updated as of yet. But in the top 25, as of Friday afternoon, um, two, four, six, eight, nine, ten teams had lost 11 games in the top 25. And those receiving votes, another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight teams with nine losses. <laughs> so two things. One, we we're, we're still have the parity in men's basketball. <laughs> no surprise, right? Um, the other thing is, listen, I found the top 25 preseason once again to be one of the more difficult polls that you do. Yes, we have a lot of information, but, you know, it's difficult. We'll have Bob and Ryan on the show in a bit, and we can certainly talk more about that 
when they come on the show. Um, I did want to get to a couple of other things um, to talk about. We have had in the past the National Committee chairs, last few years, on the show. You might remember, actually, uh, Sam Atkinson joined us live in studio, um, I think right around Thanksgiving last year, to talk about things. We decided this year it, it didn't seem necessary. Almost felt like maybe it was overkill. We, we end up repeating a lot of our questions in January with not a lot of differences in the answers. And I, I feel bad for them. And I, and I don't know if we're providing the best content. So here's what we did. We went out there and we asked them, hey, what are some of the points um, that we, you want us to know about this season? And so I'm going to read you a couple of things that, that they sent to us. Actually, Karen Harvey uh, called me. She's a chair at Montclair again, by the way, we should point out. Um, we chatted with her about it, and um, Sam sent me some stuff. And so we'll go through some of those points real quick here now. We'll do some uh, a little bit later as well. Bear with me. There, I wanted to talk about the, um, first and foremost, the members that are now on the committee. So on the women's committee, they have, uh, I believe it's three new members. Uh, in the Northeast, it's Mary Lynn Skarzenski, and I apologize, Coach, if I misspoke your name. She's the assistant AD and women's head coach at Nichols College, representing the Commonwealth Conference. In the East, uh, Jim Scheibel, a longtime uh, member of the committee, is now no longer there. Uh, representing the SUNYAC, it is J.C. Brooks from SUNY Cortland. Um, she's uh, on the, the committee now. Again, Karen Harvey is the chair. Out of the Mid-Atlantic, representing the Centennial Conference, it is Nate Davis out of Gettysburg who's on the committee. The rest are the same. Michelle Ferentz from Whitman uh, is back on, though she, I think, is going to be able to be, be reappointed. It's kind of a quirk. Um, but she's still got a couple more years left. And we mentioned Karen Harvey representing the NJAC out of Montclair State. Polly Thomason from Texas Dallas. Meg Wilson, who former head coach, now at SWA and assistant AD at Wisconsin Platteville. And Kristen Huffman from DePaul University. Those are the women's committee chairs on the men's side. Uh, the new ones... And we should point out Sam Atkinson, once again, committee chair. Uh, first time the men have had back to, uh, had a committee chair serve two years and a number of years. I couldn't even tell you how long, to be blunt. Uh, Richard Ferry, Coach Ferry out of Albright, is back. He served the one year Ken Tyler, the former AD at Mary Washington, was to serve before he was uh, let go at Mary Washington. So Ferry was re-upped for four more years. Also, Robert Suthel, the Elms head coach, uh, representing the, the NECC out of New England, or the Northeast region, I should say. He is new to the committee. And this one's a little quirky. Sarah Quatraki, representing the South and the SAA. She was at Rhodes College as the SWA and Senior Woman Administrator. She gets on the committee and then changes jobs. She's now at Millsaps as an Associate AD. But she still stays on the committee. So there you go. No quiz later. Don't worry about that. We'll keep you up to, to date on those things uh, down the road. Karen Harvey wanted to mention a couple things. First off, remember the, the Final Four is going to Columbus this year. Capital will be the host. It returns to uh, Roanoke College next year. Uh, the All-Star Game, by all intents and purposes, was a resounding success, as I think many of us knew it would be. The plan is to continue. It will be done in Columbus. It will be done in Roanoke. And at that point, I think they will have their feet under them that no matter where the championships go, they can take it. Remember, after Roanoke, I think it's going to 
Pittsburgh. So uh, that'll be a little bit new, but they'll have that all-star game kind of underneath it. They're looking for, for more attendance from coaches, obviously player participation. I think they're going to tweak some things. We'll talk with the WBCA uh, as we get closer to the things. But uh, the all-star game, resounding success. I know Gordon said he, he really enjoyed it last year. Um Something to remind everybody about. Men's and women's are saying this. Remember, in the in basketball, they've done a really good job of trying to avoid conference matchups in the first round. If you are a football fan, and the football bracket came out at 6 o'clock today, if you are a football fan, you know that that is not the easiest thing to happen. Uh, there is a pilot program in place over the next two or three years where first-round matchups are not allowed to be conference games. So conference opponents cannot face each other in the first round. That goes for all sports. It's a two- to three-year pilot program. We'll see what it does with costs. If you are in basketball, you, you probably already know this. They are trying to make that a first-weekend thing, which means no conference opponent can play in the first weekend. That might be more difficult, but let's go for the next two, three years. It's not going to make a big difference in basketball, though it could make some small ones in ways we don't realize. Uh, if it forces a flight, it forces a flight. But th that should be interesting. I don't. We don't tend to have a lot of those circumstances, but you never know. Maybe two Texas schools come out um, into the into the tournament. And there's no other Texas school. Well, now they got to make a decision. Now, women have been doing some things differently. Um, with officials, and, and I'm just starting to grasp this a little bit. You might remember on the men's side, last year they decided the, that all the assignments were going to be under their, their main assigner, and it could be from anywhere. He was doing the assignments for the entire tournament. Turns out on the women's side, they've been rotating assignments. A crew from each region gets a championship game is the easy way to explain it. They rotate. That's going away. That's phasing out. We're very happy for that. Now it's it, it's still best officials in the country. They still have a bit of a rotation, meaning if the Atlantic is due up, well, then that means the best official from the Atlantic will do the championship game. Obviously, ex extenuating circumstances in terms of uh, teams participating is going to be involved in here. The goal in the women's side is to ultimately do what the men is men are doing, but they're a little bit they're not moving as fast as the men are. To be honest, I think the men were having more problems. Interesting, because I think the women's officials aren't as deep, but I, I digress. Uh, so they're they're phasing out the full crew assignments. They're moving towards a men's model. They won't be there completely yet, but they're getting that. And then both wanted to remind us, we have regional realignment coming. And this was kind of up in the air last year. It was sent back to committee. It was moved around. In the offseason, it took another step back forward, if that makes any sense. In January or February, we will find out how, you know, if this is official, it most likely will be, and it will go into effect for 2021, 22, 21 and 22 season. So we still have, we're still two seasons away from this in basketball. That will mean 10 regions. Just put that in the back of your mind. Um, otherwise women's status quo for selections, rankings, data, they're always looking to make an improvement and do things better. They obviously have new members on there. I, I think for the most part, they've been doing a good job on the men's side. A couple things to remind you about. We have joint championships this year. We are going to Atlanta with the championships on the men's side. Quick note on women. They will do it in 2023 in Dallas at American airlines arena. So women in 2023 at Dallas, uh, in Dallas at American Airlines Arena. Men, it's this year in Atlanta. Um, that will mean uh, the championship game will be Sunday, April 5th at State Farm Arena. Same arena as last time, just new name now. 
Um, it says once in a lifetime opportunity awaits those two schools. No, no disrespect to Sam, but it's not once in a lifetime necessarily anymore. Here's how the tournament layout will be. And we'll talk more about this as the season goes on. First and second rounds will be on March 6th and 7th, as we're used to. They will play the first two rounds of the opening weekend. Uh, they are looking to possibly stagger times for those, if possible. We shall see if they get their wish. The following weekend, the third round will take place. And here's a quirk. It will take place on the 13th or 14th. They're figuring that out. We'll have the ability to be creative with our matchups here, knowing the winners advance to Fort Wayne. And that's the next quirk. So like we did in Atlanta, which, by the way, we've got a, a sign up here on over our door. Like we did in Atlanta season in Salem the eight round the quarterfinals and semis were played at Salem same will take place at Fort Wayne the difference is we don't have this elongated six-week schedule it's a seven-week schedule or five-week schedule instead that allows Fort Wayne couldn't move anyway they actually have regionals for D1 women's basketball the following weekend um, but we will have quarterfinals and semis in Fort Wayne on March 20th and 21st um they say they have some special things in store for the teams that make it there. Great. I'm looking forward to it. Then we go to Atlanta on April 5th. That'll be a two-week gap there. Uh, we've talked about rule changes. We'll talk about them more down the road. Men are trying to reduce some physicality. We'll talk about that. I, I know Ryan has seen some of the flopping calls already early in this season. Again, regional realignment. This is from the men's point of view. Um yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get into more of that as, as, as we get down the road. Uh, a reminder, men are moving their three-point line back to the international line next year. At D1, it's already there. D2 and D3 will move it next year. So there's some quick bullet points for you. You can take another break. When we come back, Landry Kalsmowski will join us to talk about Swarthmore. And then uh, Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott will join us to talk about Top 25, some of the things that have surprised them out of the gate, uh, maybe some of the things they have picked up on, and we'll talk about our ballots and, and whatnot and just enjoy talking about the early season of Division Three basketball. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll be back with more Hoopsville when we get back. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. It's on us. It's on all of us, and it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. It starts right when you hit the court. You imagine your finest moment. 
The game-winning shot that gets you to the dance. A monster dunk or no-look pass. And cutting down the net. Sports lets us dream of our own success. And prepare us for our finest moments on and off the court. I used to never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Division three allows you to give yourself to other things. Having that free time allows me to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Division three athletics affords students the opportunity to, you know, engage in the other interests in their campus and in their lives outside of that sport. It allows you to just be able to do everything you want to do. I wouldn't change it for the world. I learned a lot of valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. And welcome back to Hoops. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, coming to you from the WBCA NABC studios. I want to thank you for tuning into the season debut of our show tonight. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook where we're simulcasting the show, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Uh, different look, different studio, different broadcast. That's all uh, how we're doing things tonight. Uh, and we're glad that you could join us here on the show to talk uh, and see it all and, and talk to us about things. Um, I know we don't have the chat room like we normally do. Uh, we apologize for that, but we're hoping that you will uh, take it in. We also, we're, we're still learning the new system here with Blue Frame, and we thank them for their support, and we'll figure it all out as we go along. All right, so on the men's side of things, we talked about that there's a new number one team in the country. Of course, Oshkosh is the defending champs. Uh, they ended up number two on, uh, I think, number two in the top 25. They lost a couple key pieces. So did Swarthmore, who took over number one. But in my opinion, I made him number one. Because I think the parts coming back are just as good, if not better, uh, than what they lost. And really, they only lost one piece. And, and it, it, Cam was a really good player. Don't get me wrong. No, no knock on him whatsoever. Well, let's talk more about Swarthmore. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Blue Frame Technology, it is Landry Kalsmowski, who uh, head coach of the Garnet. Coach, thanks for taking the time to join us. Yeah, thanks for having me, Dave. Absolutely. Um, first and foremost, let's get this out of the way. First centennial team ever to be ranked number one uh, in, in any D3Hoops.com poll. 
and you guys get it at the preseason. What, what does that number one ranking mean to you? Uh, not a whole lot. I mean, we still know. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, mean, I get gonna, it. We're going to have to do um, the same thing that we do every day. Nothing really changes with that, and that can be very fleeting if you you know, start thinking about it or, uh, you know, uh, taking it for more than it is. So, you know, really, again, just trying to stay focused on the, on the day-to-day like we always do. What's been the team's reaction? I mean, does the has the team cared? Has it been one of those where it's put up on the bulletin board as a reminder? Is it one of those that, no, 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 we're not talking about this? Uh, no, I mean, we, we talked about it when it happens. We don't pull it up. Put it up on the bulletin board, and we don't we don't generally do stuff like that. But um, I would say uh, the team's reaction is, you know, I think pretty standard, guy to guy, players and coaches. And, you know, we're, we're kind of cultish as it is, so we kind of always are on the same wavelength. So um, I think that uh, we're thinking the the ranking right. Um, you do lose Cam Wiley. I mean, he was a dynamic player for you guys. Uh, he really grew into the role, too, uh, if you look at the four years he was there. But I remember one thing it took away from it was who was behind him. Um, it, it felt to me like what you have behind him in the, in the sense of uh, guard play and others make you guys just as good. Is that a fair way of how you went into the season knowing you were losing Cam Wiley? I would say, um, you know, we knew losing, I mean, you know, kind of a, you know, a starter for three years. So someone who's, who's been out there for a long time. So it was going to be different, I would say. Uh, it's kind of hard to tell whether it was going to be, you know, good, different or bad, different. And really, I don't think it's been either. It's just been different. Um, you know, we've got a, a, a few different guys playing the position. They're doing it very well. Um, and then the rest of our group is, you know, a lot, a lot of veterans that played last year. So we're just kind of tweaking things a little here and there within our system uh, now that Cam's gone, but pretty much uh, staying the same. I'm trying to remember which one it was. I think it was Abbas Salah that jumped out at me last year coming off the bench. Um, he, he was a little banged up, I think, for some of the time I got to see him in the offseason. But he, he really made his presence known, uh, especially championship weekend. But you've got the, the likes of the Ryan Ingrams um, and, and some other guys on this team. You seem to have a good amount of depth, which can help even guys like Nate Schaefer and, and, and Zach O'Dell um, feel comfortable on the floor that you know, you, you've got guys behind them that can step up. Yeah, the depth has been great so far this year. Now we did a uh, Boston play yesterday, um, so you know, hoping we get him back soon. But um, yeah, I mean, we've been playing, you know, in our scrimmage in our first game, you know, ten guys. Uh, so that, you know, that's pretty good, pretty good depth, I think, and you know, able to play a lot of guys and play a little faster pace. You guys kind of came onto the scene. I remember seeing you guys about halfway through the season, and I kind of I turned to people and said, you know, they're going to they're rise in the polls. You, know, you can't rise any further. Interesting enough, in your schedule, though, you, you don't go far from home. <laughs> you've got a – outside of Centennial play, you've got an interesting kind of tight uh, travel schedule this year. Is it just a quirk of how the schedule came together? No, I mean, strategic, and, you know, it's always hard to tell uh, scheduling, you know, a year in advance, you know, what you need. I think we scheduled uh, pretty well. Uh, yeah, we do have some closer games, 
Um, a lot of that is kind of a, a quirk of the calendar more for us, like with the academic sure. piece and uh, being a little limited on when we can travel and when we could play some farther games. So, um, yeah, I, I think we may, we may tweak it a little bit uh, next year. But I think, you know, so far we've played two good opponents, and I know our other five non-conference games are all going to be, you know, good challenges. So we're, we're, we're ready for that, and it'll prepare us well for conference. Of course, conference action will start on uh, the 26th of November. You'll take on Washington College uh, in, in a conference schedule that, that doesn't quit. Uh, nobody is going to be surprised by you. I saw Johns Hopkins already. They look like a very good unit despite what they lost this season. Um, you got to figure Franklin and Marshall will come in rejuvenated. Ursina started to look like they're coming back into the fray uh, from where they were in the past. What do you expect out of Centennial this season? Uh, well, I think the, the, the league has is, is always had a lot has always had a lot of parity. Um, you know, I think there's great coaches in our league, um, and I think that you know playing double round robin, playing everyone twice, makes it a little more challenging. So, um, you know, everyone knows what's coming, especially second time around, and so it's just uh, it's just a slugfest, quite frankly, for 18 games. So we're just <laughs> gonna, trying to get ready for it right now. Uh, you guys will get a, a, a bit of a gap. You'll play Johns Hopkins on December 10th, and then you'll play your next home game, uh, next game period. It'll be at home against Rochester on January 2nd. I know it's early, but is that something you need to be concerned about, that you're going to get that big a gap, or, or is that something this team's already kind of gotten used to? I mean, we always we kind of always have that gap. It is a little longer this year for sure. So we're going to have to adjust how we practice when we get back from the break. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's not ideal. You know, it's, it's kind of comes at a time when you, your teams generally, I think coaches feel really get clicking, you know, about six weeks in the season and you take like three weeks where you don't play a game, which is right. not ideal. But, um, you know, it might be a good time for us to, you know, figure out what, what we need to, you know, long-term planning, figure out what we need to do for the second part of the season. Well, so what's the message to the team? Uh, you know, obviously you'd love to get back to the championship game. You've got a team that, that is very similar to the one that got there last year. It's not easy, and no one's going to ever say it is. But what's the message to the team to, to not only maybe hit expectations, but not look too far ahead? Within our team, you know, within our film room, locker room, I mean, we, we don't talk a lot about what other people expect us to do or want us to do. I mean, we think that uh, really, you know, the 2019-20 season is unique. And, that, you know, the journey we're taking is with, you know, we have 18 guys this year, so we have a big team, and it's different than last year. So, um, you know, we don't really have expectations other than to come and just do what we always do and, and try to make it a little bit better. And, you know, we'll let the chips fall on what was the reaction to last year? You guys, an incredible run. And in really the year before kind of set the table. You almost made it to the championship weekend in Salem the year before. This year you get all the way to the championship game, and you had a dandy of a game against Oshkosh. They just kind of kept you at arm's length, unfortunately, when you really needed to get to make that run. What was the reaction like on campus? What was the reaction like in the community? Are you guys still to some degree basking in that glow? Definitely not passing in the glove. That, that would be uh, that was a that setup. Pretty, 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 pretty dangerous. Um, 
No, I, I think that the response was great. You know, I mean, we have a we have a great community both on campus and then just in the Swarthmore town of Swarthmore. I mean, that people really like basketball. They got on board. I think they appreciate you know the, uh, the way our guys play and how we do things. And so, yeah, it was great. But I, I do think our guys. I mean, they were you know. I guess proud of, of our season last year, disappointed with how it ended and just kind of got started up again for preparing for the next thing. When it's interesting because listen, you, you and I've talked about this. Swarthmore has not been exactly known for its high power offense or uh, athletics. Uh, it's always been an academic school that happened to have athletics and, and your program and, and some others have helped kind of change that that point of view. I, I got to chuckle a little bit in the offseason uh, when an article went up after you guys made the championship round that someone's like, oh, now we need to go D1. Um, nothing against that student athlete. I know that's not necessarily on the radar. But how much has changed at Swarthmore, and how much is your program getting to that championship game helping steer the conversation differently? I think that a lot has changed, and I was actually saying this to our assistant Shane Leffler the other day. I um, just the uh, amount of like friendly competition between the athletic teams is, is amazing. Um, see teams, you know, every morning I come in, I see like baseball or softball or someone in the field house working out like early hmm. uh, across men's lacrosse and their women's lacrosse. Everyone's just like doing something, and I think there is. Uh, so many peer pressure, you know, hey, volleyball had this run. Hey, baseball yeah. had this run. Uh, you know, our men's soccer team today qualified for the Sweet 16. I think it's a, you know, really healthy environment to be a part of. So, yeah, it is a little bit um, self-sustaining. Um, so we're just going to try to keep it going. Well, the other big surprise was Candace Signor-Brown became the head coach of the women's program. She's done incredible things for the program up at Vassar, certainly been one that we've been keeping an eye on. What's been the relationship like getting to know each other and, and getting the programs gelled? Oh, she's great. Uh, really excited to have her on board. Um, you know, we got to see their first home game yesterday, and she got her first win at Swarthmore. Team looked great. I mean, future is very bright for, for our women's team for sure absolutely um program was heading in the right direction but now uh you've got a pretty good coach there as well what what do you do now uh, it, it is it championship or busters it do you guys have other goals that are that are different that that you are more important Definitely not championship or bust. Um, I think that, you know, to, to get one step further than we did last year would be great. I think that's the ultimate goal for everyone in the country. Uh, but for us, again, it's just about, our, you know, our team is unique. You know, we've got a good group of guys. We have a bigger, I mentioned a bigger team with 18 players, and, and we have five coaches this year. So, yeah. You know, just keep keeping 23 guys connected and same page and, um, you know, keeping our culture going and trying to do, uh, make every day count, you know, and enjoy it. So that that's really our top priority. And then again, you know, we'll let the score take care of itself. Glenn Rob to, 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 to steal a line from Bill Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of interesting lines you could steal. That that one uh, seems reasonable. Um, Glenn Robinson announced he was retiring. How much did that catch everybody in the Centennial by surprise, or did you maybe see it coming? No, I didn't see it coming. I mean, hard to speak for everyone else in the league, but I was—we were surprised in our office. Um, you know, uh, you know, sad, quite frankly, because he's—it's uh, been just amazing coach against Coach Robinson, and uh, you know, just 
when you play them all the time and you're losing, you just you know you're taking a plethora of notes trying to figure out how to how to beat his teams and how to get better. And you know, I feel fortunate personally as a coach to have been able to go against him. Um, record was not that impressive against Coach Robinson, that's for sure. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, just you know, wish him well. I think what he said when he retired, I, I think any coach can you know really relate to is that you just kind of know when you don't have the energy to do it because it does take a lot of energy, takes a lot of sacrifice, and and I you know really admire that he you know was able to see that and just say hey this is the time for me and do sure. it, do it with peace of mind. So wish him the best. Sure, uh, it might be a little bit different feel when uh, you head to uh, Lancaster for sure. Uh, without Coach Glenn Robinson there, uh, we talked to GP Gromacki about this. Uh, obviously, you come from a D one D one background. Um, it wasn't that long ago where I, I said to people, you know, we we hear your name in the coaching mixes at other jobs. I haven't heard your name in the last couple of years pop up. Are you are you happy where you are? Does the idea of moving on? And I'm not trying to say you're moving on, folks. And I don't want to take it the wrong way. But we had a lot of coaching changes, especially on the women's side. And so, does the idea ever come to you go hey there's greener pastures or are you or swap more perfect fit for a, a davidson guy yeah it's a very good fit um say so, you know i left d1 i think we've talked about this before i mean i left because our first child was born just kind of you know didn't feel like that's something i wanted to do if we were gonna have a family um that that kind of uh, made me think about d3 and then had yeah, the actual specific fit at swathmore has been amazing and we just love living in the region uh love the people in the community on campus you know we have great support you know great leadership um our kids love it in the area i mean just really every, checks every box so don't really think about that other stuff um you know in terms of opportunities uh because it's just you know having a lot of fun and having a great family life every single day makes sense makes sense we have talked about it and i appreciate your uh, your thoughts on it with us here coach appreciate the time before we let you go i do want to ask you about the yeah. rules uh three-point line moves next year uh now we're getting used to the 22nd reset it, you know the rules have kind of been tweaked over the years they are talking about the physicality on the men's side of things as well uh trying to get rid of flopping and, and some of the other stuff uh, how's i know you're two games in so i know this is a little little premature maybe but how how is it adjusting to to the new set of rules this year not, nothing changed noticeably yet, um, you know, because the three-point line won't move for us till next right. year. So I, I do think that'll be a little noticeable. Sure. Uh, interested to see how it impacts defenses uh, more than offenses. I think that's where I think the biggest impact could be um, in terms of getting space and getting in a little bit more. Um, but then, yeah, you know, other stuff I think they're making kind of make the game better, and sometimes these things here, and sometimes they're for good. So, um, I do like that. You know, no flopping, I think that's helpful to our game. Gives it a little bit more integrity. Um, and then the physicality we talk about a lot. I, I will say the officials have a really hard job in terms of you know people so are so strong and athletic nowadays. I mean, if you call every bump, it's the games are going to last three and a half hours. I mean, it's really sure. tough, you know. Um, so, I, but but there is a fine line about you know not making it a match. So, I, I think they're finding a really good balance, and so far, 
um, from our perspective, it's been, I think they've been doing a great job. Random question. Uh, one of the quirks about Fort Wayne is they had all three lines out there. They had the college line, actually four yeah. lines, high school, college, international, and um, NBA. And I saw a lot of threes from ranges I don't think guys were used yeah. to. Did you guys talk about that? It seemed like maybe players were taking threes from maybe two steps back when they're not used to that. Yeah, this is tricky. I, we learned that years ago when I was coaching at Davidson. We played a Madison Square Garden. They had the NBA line on there. Yeah. Our guys are like actually stepping out of bounds before they're shooting three, you know? Um, <laughs> so we did, we did a practice. And I remember what color it was. We were saying, hey, it's blue line, blue line. We kept saying, and, you know, we get in the games. And, you know, for us, Connor Harkins, it didn't really matter. I mean, he's yeah. got pretty good range. So we're really harping on it that much. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we didn't overthink it. But, yeah, it is a little bit of a. Uh, I mean, I would love to throw in one line there, so it's not a—it's not too much of a uh, distraction. Sure. Yeah, I was just curious. I hadn't had really a chance to dive into that one since the season's been over. So, Coach, appreciate the time. Good luck the rest of the season. I know I'll run into you down the road, and we'll look forward to talking to you down the road as well. As always, we give the coach the final word, and any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in. Yeah, you know, going off basketball for a second here, I just want to say congrats to our men's soccer team. You know, Coach Wagner, a good friend of mine, and they've had a – uh, unbelievable season. Uh, no, and now I've gone on to the Sweet 16. I mean, everyone on campus is, you know, so proud and excited. Um, so, really excited about um, them and our women are playing right now to advance to the Sweet 16. So, really good time to be a part of our like, department and campus community. Yeah, congratulations to them. Two more wins by both of them, or in women's case, three technically. I'll see them in. Uh, in Greensboro. Uh, look forward to being there again, and it'd be cool to see Swarthmore there. At least we know yeah. someone will know how to say the school name. <laughs> Coach, thanks so much. Take care of yourself. We'll look forward to talking to you down the road. Landry Kozmalski joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. I appreciate him taking the time to do that. Uh, yeah, I'm going back. Uh, Ira Thor and I, once again on the call, I think, unless Ira is throwing to me a curveball that I don't know about. On the call again for the Division Three Men's and Women's Soccer Championships in Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, that is the first weekend of uh, December, which means after thanks, the weekend after Thanksgiving, it's it a little quirky, soccer gets that weekend off. So they'll, they'll play next weekend to determine who goes to the championship weekend. And then there's two weeks in between. But looking forward to that. Um, all right. Going to take a break. When we come back, we'll fire up the Skype. And we will talk to Bob Quillman and uh, Ryan Scott about what their thoughts are on the early part of the season already. You're listening to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studio. More Hoops when we come back. discovered to myself is that if I have a goal and I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division three school you primarily a student athlete so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. Cheer for the stumbles. 
that he should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. Being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this season debut of the show. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Hoopsville, where I know some of you are joined in. Um, some people have, uh, first off, Brennan asked me about the rules. Um, Brennan, we will talk about the rules uh, a little bit more as the season progresses. But yeah, there's some new rules. First off, don't worry about the three-point line. That's only in D1 games this year. We'll move to that next year. Uh, there is a 20-second shot clock off of offensive rebounds, out-of-bounds plays. That's also on the women's side. Uh, I kind of liked it so far early on. Uh, just quirky. We'll get used to it. But Brennan, we'll do more about the rules 
in coming shows, including a special podcast we hope to pull off. Brennan also says a few weeks ago, I heard Aston Francis was getting a workout with a G League team. Uh, I don't know if it happened yet, Brennan. That's what he's asking me. Any update on where he might play next? No idea, though our next guest might have a clue. I will point out, thanks to that kind of softball for me, Duncan Robinson, if you're not paying attention, is a member of the Heat. He is starting. He's been lighting it up in the league. Uh, he's been doing pretty darn well. I've been pretty impressed uh, with the way he's been playing. Man, he just keeps getting bigger. Uh, by the way, Ryan Scott says, the D3 Hoopsville Studios – uh, is looking great. Dave needs to flood the basement more often. Uh, my wife would like to know where you live, Ryan Scott, because she would like to absolute. I, I think assault you. I think that's the word she would like to assault you. And speaking of that individual, uh, because uh, why not? We go to the uh, top 25 double take. Ryan Scott, join me with Bob Quillman here on uh, the Blue Frame Technologies Skype Hoopsville Hotline. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome to the show on the season debut. Oh. Hold on. It turns out I forgot to open up the audio for this one. So you can look at them, guys, as I as I take a second to figure out why I have no audio from these young these young bucks. Uh, actually, we'll go back to me here. See, technology already. And, and Ryan has a good question. Don't worry, Ryan. I'll, I'll softball that one for you in a second. Uh, I don't know why, for some reason, it doesn't want to give us audio. So just bear with us as we figure out that little quirk. Um... Huh. Talk about weird. Uh, let's give it a second. Do, 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 do. We, this is how you figure out li uh, problems live on air, folks. Um, you talk about it and then look it up and then you don't see it and you figure out what's going on. You know what? I'm going to have to take a break. We'll take a break. We'll figure it out. Bring it back. And these guys are patient. I love them about that. You listen to Hoops Hope presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person. Competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. 
I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. I'm a Division Three student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division Three. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety, and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. Welcome back to Hoopsville after that quick break. Sorry about that, folks. A little technical glitch. Hey, we've only had one technical glitch on the opening show of the season. I'm going to call that a win, uh, at least in my book. Uh, let's jump right back to it, though. Joining us on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline via Skype, it is our good friends uh, Bob Quillman and Ryan Scott. And again, Ryan, my wife would like to know where you uh, live personally because she has some words for you about another flood to take out the Hoopsville Studios. So I'm warning you, that's dangerous words in this house. So that, that's what I'm wondering. Do I, am I welcome for the whip around in the spring? That's a, I will check. I will check. <laughs> I think if you keep these thoughts to yourself, then maybe she'll forget uh, by then. <laughs> uh, guys, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. As always, uh, taking on another angle with things here. Having Bob join us a little bit more often. Ryan joined us last year. It was a lot of fun. Obviously, we're early in the season here. We're still breaking things down a lot with our top 25s. But, Bob, I know you, you all three of us are very rather vocal about our, our ballots usually and how we vote, whether it's on D3 boards or on Twitter or whatnot. But uh, we'll start with Bob. Bob, your, your take on, on what it was like to vote on the men's top 25 this, this go-round on the preseason. It's always hard, and, and I, like that, uh, I like that the three of us are – vocal and I would use the word transparent because I think people feel better when they know that the people who are voting on this stuff take it really seriously like we do and everyone else that votes in that poll. It's always hard in the preseason because it's it's a guess. It's literally a guess. You're looking at what teams did last year, what they have coming back, and you're just trying to sort that out in some way. I feel really good about where I landed. I spent a lot of time on it. I was the one voter that had North Central number one. I now regret that because of the <laughs> because that of the results in, uh, in Naperville. But I knew that I was going to get that game right right off the bat, and I was either going to be right or wrong. Um, so I was the North Central voter, but I feel really good about kind of where I landed on that top twenty-five. 
Yeah, I, I, I was looking down my list today to just think about. I'm glad we don't have to vote this week because so many of these teams we just haven't seen enough of yet to even know how to evaluate. Um, I had Oshkosh number one. Um, I didn't think they looked super great in that first game, and Swarthmore came out looking tremendous. And then I thought Oshkosh looked a lot better the second game, and I was real glad that I kept them up there. So, um, you know, there's a lot of teams playing really well, and we just, you know, it's going to take a little bit to shake out. There's a lot of good teams this year. Sure. Uh, Bob, what is it about North Central, though, that, that you liked, and what are you regretting? Well, actually, it's almost... 99% like. I just regret the fact that they lost that game. I was sure that they were in that game, right? Yeah. It was as a home. And what I like about North Central, they returned uh, just about their entire team from the CCIW's Pool A qualifier last year. And that includes a first team All American candidate in Connor Rarden. Uh, he is a 6 6 combo forward. I mean, he, honestly, he could play anywhere from the, the one to the four. Uh, he's a great player in all regards. You know, he's, he's a guy that can handle the ball. He can shoot it. He's a great passer. He just does everything. Um, they have Blaze Meredith, Matt Capaletti. They get Aiden Chang back from that awful injury last yeah. year. They, they do lose uh, Tommy Koth, um, who, who played an important role for them. But I think when you're a team that won the CCIW's automatic bid and you return everybody, you've got to be in the conversation for the top two or three. And, and uh, I liked them as my number one. Ryan, where'd you go number one this time around? I went Oshkosh. Um, largely, we've talked about this a couple of times, and I've mentioned it on the boards. The conversation that we all had with Ben Boots in the hotel lobby after they won <laughs> the, the title, yeah. he said, Eric Peterson is going to be better than I am, you know? And we've seen that, at least some glimpses of it in the first couple of games, uh, especially the game against North Central. And so I felt like losing the guards is a big deal, but um, they brought back a ton and seemed like they were going to fit some guys right in. And so I was pretty comfortable. Um, I kind of, you know, I don't automatically put the defending champ in there, but if the defending champ is <laughs> bringing back this much, that certainly breaks the, the tie for me. It's interesting. I went with Swarthmore because I saw them, yeah, everyone's like, oh, they lost Cam Wiley, but I, I love, you know, Salah coming in behind him. Uh, so it's interesting that all three of us had had different votes on that one. I think sometimes you and, we're all kind of in lockstep, and I wouldn't say total lockstep at the top, but we're kind of on the same page. But it's interesting that we all had a different different vantage point. I, I want to go back to the top twenty five. Sixteen voted for Swarthmore, eight voted for Oshkosh, and all of there is that lone vote uh, for North Central. And by the way, Bob, you were vocal about that for weeks to the point that uh, I needed to to stop following you on Twitter because I I was rolling my eyes too hard. Um, Listen, I like North Central too. I put them, I put them seventh on my ballot, and I had Oshkosh at four. Uh, it's the loss of Boots and um, uh, who was it? I just forgot Brett, the answer. Yeah, good yeah. Job. yeah it, losing those guys had me a little worried. I, I'm already kind of reeling and licking my wounds a little bit because I had Washu three, and they lost to Platteville. Granted, Platteville shot literally the lights out of the building. But, guys, we've already had something like 11 losses in the top 25 in the first, what, week? Uh, half, a week and a half of, of the schedule again. It, it doesn't bode well for us voters. It, it's going to be another year like that. And, you know, some of those losses have been between good teams. You know, if you True. think about, you know, Augustana lost to, to Oshkosh and Guilford lost to Emory. St. Thomas lost to Whitworth. And they're a team that's kind of probably needs to be on the outside or needs to be considered at this point. Um, Wash U lost to Platteville and Platteville, you know, I was trying to get a second Wisconsin team in there, a second yeah, Wyatt. So, yeah. And, 
I kept telling myself it's probably Platteville, but then on paper it's hard to put them in that ballot in the preseason. So it's not like uh, WashU lost to a bad team. They lost to, you know, probably the second place picked uh, Wyack team at this point. So I think uh, none of those losses were crazy surprising at this point. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, really, to me, the biggest surprise loss wasn't a game loss. Is, is to me that Hamilton Forsyth not coming back for MIT changes their yeah. outlook quite a bit. They go from a team that, you know, was definitely losing something, but, but you know, had one star there and, and, you know, great coaching. But now they're just incredibly young, and they've struggled the beginning of the season. And who knows if that'll turn around. But that's, a, you know, I was voting for MIT towards the bottom of the poll. Um, and they're just not there right now because of that big loss. Interesting enough, I don't even have MIT on my ballot. I talked to Coach Larry Anderson prior. He didn't talk me out of it. I didn't know. I don't think I was going to vote for him anyway. But it was interesting to get his take on things uh, ahead of time. By the way, I do have Wisconsin Platteville in my top twenty-five. I've got them fourteen. I will tell you now that was one of two or three teams that after I, I put my ballot in, I went, oh, uh, you know, maybe I should revote. That that's not a smart move. What, what, what am I forcing that in for? Now I feel like I'm a genius. Um, but, uh, uh, there's some other ones I feel like an idiot on. So it, it evens itself off. Um, let me ask you this two questions. It's going to be who your surprises and who's not in the ballot. That's on yours. You think should be, we'll start with the surprises. In other words, this doesn't have to be a top 25 person. This can be a team that's maybe out to an interesting start or got a big win in the first couple of games here that jumped out at you. Ryan, I'll start with you. What's your surprise per se early on? Well, I get to steal what Bob said earlier. Uh, Whitworth has been a huge surprise for me. Yeah, We know that they're always a great team, but they lost their coach last year. Um, and a number of seniors graduated from a team that certainly, I think, was had a disappointing finish last year. We expected Agreed. a lot more out of them. Um, obviously, they're still really talented, but losing as much as they did, I did not expect them to come out of the gate so well. Their offense was firing like crazy. I didn't know about the defense, but they shut down St. Thomas the other night. Um, just was not a contest um, and and been very, very impressive to me so far. Yeah, that's a good choice. Yeah, good point. Bob, yours? I'm going to go with one that's based on an injury, and that's Texas Dallas. I yeah. believe number 11. And uh, the surprise was it turns out that Demetrius Underwood is injured, has a wrist injury. He could miss all of this year. He could be back by January 1st. It's kind of a wide open at this point. They went out west, and they they took overtime to get by Redlands in a game that they actually probably should have lost. It was kind of a miracle finish for them to get it to OT. Yeah. Then they lose to Whittier. Um, I saw them today here in person in Dallas. They looked very good. Um, but I'm going to say just the, the Comets and that we didn't know that preseason All-American Demetrius Underwood was was out. Yeah, I agree with you. That that one kind of startled me, to say the least. Um, I, I think the, the one that surprised me a little bit, you, you kind of took the Whitworths sale out from underneath me. Um, I didn't even actually vote for either Northwestern Conference teams. Um, I felt they lost enough and I know it was, again, one of those jumps up by um, by uh, Whitworth, as you point out, Ryan. As a result, I don't know who I'm I'm really all that surprised by. I think I'm more surprised that Wabash lost. Um, maybe I've got him too high. I got him at 11. I thought that was a reasonable spot to put him. Um, but I was a little surprised that they lost. I was a little surprised that St. John's lost. 
um, yeah. to start things off. I, I, I think it, for me, it's more about a couple of the losses. Yeah, Bob, you're right. Some of them were for against good opponents, but some of those I didn't. I didn't really think was coming. Um, I don't know if I should be surprised by the Wash U loss, but St. John's taking a hit, Wabash taking a hit. Um, I, I guess uh, maybe a misread on my part, or just you know struggling out of the gate. I don't, I don't know what it is, but those have been the ones that have jumped out at me to start this season. Well, I think you know with St. John's, their loss was to Nebraska Wesley. Now they got beat pretty good. Um, well, that was it. It was it was by how they got beat, right? Yeah, they got they did, and and so you don't you never know what to make of margin of error at this point of the season or or any point of the season. But again, that was another loss where you look at who they played and you're like, okay, you know, they lost to Nebraska Wesley in a team that um, where are they in the top? They're number eight in the preseason poll. Um, I'm trying to think of if there's just been a flat-out, head-scratching, bad loss so far, and I'd have to look it over a little more carefully. But I think most of the losses are ones that, you know, are at, like good team lost a good team. Yeah, that's yeah. a fair point. I, I think uh, WPI's been maybe a little below where, where people thought. I didn't vote for them at all. Um, <laughs> but they, they definitely were sitting at 16, and they, they have not um, – maybe played the way that a number 16 team you would expect. They lost to New England College the other night. It was a good team, but um, maybe not somebody we would expect the number 16 team in the country to lose to. Yeah, I agree with you as the guy who voted them five. <laughs> um, I'm licking my wounds a little bit. Um, again, it, it was one of those where I definitely felt like I wanted to go back, but I decided to stick with my gut. Uh, to say the least. All right. So team that isn't in the top 25 that you've that you're voting for, or maybe you're not. Uh, I'll give you some wiggle room with that. But uh, is there a team that you think isn't getting enough love? So I guess I would say I'm probably on the Platteville wagon at this point. You know, the, the win over WashU. I now I need to go back and, and see if they I got to make sure they didn't lose another game before that. I, I'm not <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but. Washu, I'm. I think they're outstanding, and to knock off Washu, and they have, so, you know, that whole nucleus is back essentially. Very impressed by that win. I'm trying to get another Wisconsin team in because we all know that the Wisconsin league certainly has at least two, if not three, top twenty-five sure. caliber teams at all times. So I'm thinking Platteville. All right, Ryan. Um, well, well, one team I voted for that I think I was the only one, maybe not the only one, but it was Pomona, early on Pomona Pitzer. Um, I know an American from last year, but that was about it. And I was really impressed with the team defense they played, the size they had on that team, and what was coming back. They have not played a D3 game yet. They played uh, Westmont, I think, out in California and lost a close one there. But um, that's one at least to keep on the radar coming back. Uh, we haven't seen them really on the court against – D3 competition and then I did go down and watch Yeshiva in person today I was not a voter for them this year but I will be voting for them in the poll I'm sure they looked fantastic I gotta start leading off these things and stealing from you guys because Yeshiva was gonna be mine <laughs> uh, I don't know who voted for them in the top 25 it wasn't Ryan folks usually it's Ryan maybe me neither of us voted for Yeshiva I I like what they've got for pieces. Uh, I think the fact that Aloof was back. If if I had known Aloof was coming back, I think I might have thrown them a vote. Um, but he's back. <laughs> he, he's only been practicing about five days, so he does not look like himself right now. No, uh, no but, but uh, this dude, was kind of like they have a lot of 
guys on that team. Yeah, yeah freshmen coming back. I kind of like. Listen, I'm, I'm, I, I unfortunately don't have a lot that. I would love to tell you that I wanted you to vote for Salem State because I did, but they're off to a, a bad start. So ignore that I'm voting for Salem State. The only one that jumps out at me, they're, they're actually in the top 25. Or there's two. There's one is Augsburg. I think Augsburg's going to be pretty good this week, this year. The one I'm getting scuttlebutt in, in my ear constantly, is Mount Union. Uh, I've had a few people who have seen them uh, in the, in the uh, preseason and have seen them coming out of the gate. And a lot of people are like, you need to watch the Purple Raiders. So that's... That's a team that I'm not voting for, but is on my short list of teams I probably should have voted for. I think we're going to be talking a lot about the Mount, Mount Union this season on the men's well, side. I, think, uh, I believe Mount Union is the team that has the, the, the Division One transfer from Toledo that is supposed to be like crazy, crazy athletic and a real game changer, difference maker type. So we'll have to see how that plays out as sure. the season goes on. But if they've added a Division One transfer that's going to be a huge impact, then, then certainly – Mount Union is a team we should watch. Yeah, Swigo, by the way, with a couple of transfers, too, that I think Street and Smith put them four. Um, I'm not willing to dive on four, but um, I think Oswego's one to keep an eye out on four, too. By the way, another surprise, Guilford. Um, slow start, but we've seen this before from Guilford. Yep. They'll be slow to start and then come roaring on. I mean, they were, what, a shot away from the from the Final Four last year? They were barely on the radar until the tournament, you know. That's true. <laughs> and then... And then won some really impressive games. So, yeah, I'm one to keep an eye on, I suppose. It's going to be rough. we got one more week until we vote. You know, I'd love to go redo my ballot right now, but we got another week. So we, we get some more results so things can settle down so our, our votes are less uh, gut and more or, or reactionary and more based on intel. So that'll be interesting. Anything else jumping out at you guys this season uh, or stuff that you're going to keep an eye on? Have the rules caught you guys off guard or anything yet? The only one, the rule change that so far I've noticed, and it was the game I was at today, plus some of the video streams, is that flopping rule. Yeah. Like, it's a huge deal. So that was called three times today in the Texas-Dallas-Trinity-Texas game, where, you know, guys are used to, you know, a little contact, you flop a little bit, you're trying to get the call. And that is a significant change right there. That's a, a huge penalty if you start racking those up. And that's the big change that I that I have seen. Team wise, I would just say, I thought Emory. I watched them play Guilford. I thought Emory looked fantastic. And and yeah. Emory and Washu, the UIA has two teams at the top that are outstanding. Yeah, I, I noticed today um, in person there was one call that on the video stream so far I've seen called flopping a lot that they didn't in in the Washington College Yeshiva game I was at today. And it will be interesting to see how well that is is integrated across the country and it's such a subjective call um, what impact that has and, and whether they're continuing to call it as strictly as as they have been so far this year because i've seen some you know that that didn't seem like flops at all are getting called and there are others that are very clearly no contact and and get to go by so that that will be an interesting one the other thing is just the game operators i know they had a little trouble resetting the shot clock to 20 seconds a couple times today um just making sure they get those right is going to be a challenge for everybody yeah i i'll say that i think with the new way we have someone in charge of officiating on the national level i'm more confident that rules will stay consistent 
across the year because he's watching games. He's going to make comments. He's going to stay on things. So I think in years past, I agree with you, we get these influx at the beginning of the year, and by midseason, it's forgotten about. I, I don't think that's the case moving forward, but I am interested to follow it. I, in the men's games I've been personally at, I haven't seen much flopping, which is crazy. Um, I, if Rob, when you said, you know, trying to get the call, yeah, they got the whistle. It just didn't go the way they were expecting it. <laughs> it it went the other direction. Hey, I got a, a, a text again or a tweet from Brennan. He did ask, do we expect the WIAC to be down on the men's side this year? Oshkosh, the only team in the preseason top 25 after four in the last season preseason top 25. I think four last year was a bit overkill. Um, listen, the WIAC's tough from top to bottom. That will never change. But Platteville might be the only one really that seems like it's got a lot. I mean, there's too many question marks about Stevens Point. Eau Claire is is – is kind of feels like it's filling its holes back in. I don't know what to make of River Falls. I don't know about you guys, but I, I think that's fair to say. I don't think it's down. I just think because of parity, it's not not being as competitive. It seems like in the, the WIAC, Dave, that it takes a while every year to kind of sort out who the top three or four are. True. And by the middle of the year, I think we'll see regular old deal where you've got three teams that are like legit top 25 caliber, but – two of them are going to have so many losses because yeah, they just yeah. beat each other up. You know, remember last year, Oshkosh was not the Pool A team from the Wisconsin League, right? They were right. a Pool C. Right. Um, that, that's happened in that league multiple times where a team that goes on to win a national championship or get to the Elite Eight or Final Four is not actually the automatic qualifier. It's, it's a great league. And I think we just don't know who the top three or four are at this point, but I'll bet you it's the same old Wyack is ever that that's my guess sure well we've got the I, I feel like the last time we said the Wyack was down we had that sort of no-name Stevens Point team that won the national title so it's it's so often especially with the way those teams play um it's a lot of system ball and you can plug in and play guys and people you might not have heard of just because we don't have a ton of stars across the league right now doesn't mean they're not really really good teams yeah i agree with you um by the way bob someone pointed out katie said there's uh, the, the, my studio is lacking a lot of iwu stuff um i will admit our books are not back on the shelf there is a book from iwu that's supposed to be on our shelves we'll eventually get our, our books back up there uh, a, a slam dunk still only worth two points um denny bridges book we'll, we'll get that there but bob i you may have some connections maybe you can send a word saying we need a need a little green titan stuff up here maybe yeah i think you know maybe we can get you a jack sigma jersey well he's nai so maybe it's yeah. like a, a crabtree or coon jersey or douches <laughs> so i'm gonna work on this dave so we can get that back there very nice very nice gentlemen i don't want to go too long here i'm just double checking we don't have any other questions um Again, it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to this season. I assume you guys have already booked your, your your travel to Atlanta and Fort Wayne, I should point out. I will be working on this. That makes traveling for those of us covering the event very difficult going to these two different places. But um, I didn't get to make Atlanta the last time, so I'm hoping to get all that booked. Yeah, I think you should stop relying on IWU to be your reason. Just saying. Well, maybe next year. Actually, don't give up on them this year. We got we're very quietly contending here, Dave. We'll see. We'll yeah, see. We'll let that slide. <laughs> Ryan, I know you and I book, travel will be eventually booked, but uh, I'm looking forward to this one in Fort Wayne, and I'm looking forward to Atlanta again. Yeah, it's 
always a lot of fun to go to the tournament. I'm looking forward to, to being able to be at Fort Wayne with extra teams there and more basketball. Um, that's always, I mean, obviously we're busy and we have lots of stuff to do, but you always kind of wish there was another game or two while you're there yeah. uh, instead of just three. And we'll, we'll get that this time. Yeah. I'm just looking forward to being able to walk. Yeah, you were not doing well last year in Fort Wayne, Mr. McHugh. In that hindsight, was- no, I was doing horribly. I, 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 I tried to ignore a lot of that. In hindsight, I was in bad shape. Yeah, I, I'm glad to uh, to know you're on the mend, and I think this year you're going to be just as spry as you. And I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> All right, let's we'll work on the spry part. I just want to. I'll say it publicly. I thank Ron Rose. Uh, he gave me a lift back from an outstanding barbecue place that there was no way in anything I was going to be able to walk back from. Yeah, um, these are the sub stories in Division Three, folks. Eating some ribs at a barbecue place, and yeah. Dave me. McHugh says, I'm not walking back with the rest of the guys. And then Ron Rose in the corner. By the way, Ron Rose, the coach of Illinois Western, just eating ribs all alone yeah. over in the corner. I don't know where, where was everyone there? Anyway, so we, Ron Rose drives Dave McHugh home and probably has saved Hoopsville because of that car ride. <laughs> well, it could have taken 12 or six to 16 hours to get that half mile back, I suspect. Uh, it would have been ugly. Um, guys, thanks so much. Look forward to having you on the show throughout the season, uh, whether it's tag team or if one of you is missing, we do it solo, whatever it is. Thanks so much. As always, we give the, the, you guys the final word. We'll start with Ryan. Any final thoughts heading into uh, another week of basketball? No, I'm just excited to see a few more teams play a few more games. Um, Really excited. It was my first in-person game today to see Washington College, which um, much improved. I think they're going to challenge, maybe not for number one, but number two in that centennial. Mm. Uh, and, and then Yeshiva to uh, uh, the talent that they're putting out there and the excitement around that program. Everywhere they go, they've got fans showing up. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, it's kind of cool. They were in L.A. last week. They've been down here on the Eastern Shore. And um, it, it's just it's exciting and uh, to be able to follow that program in the way that they're, they're building it there. Great. And on my end, Dave, I guess I would just say I'm glad we're not voting this week because I feel like we, know, we need another week of yeah. results and data. I think it's a great call, whoever made it, to not vote. Um, because there are going to be some more good games off the top of my head. I think we could get a WashU Whitworth game at the Pomona. Ooh. Sorry, not the, what's the name of that? Lollapada. Lollapada. Yes, Lollapada. Yes, some things to Pomona Pits are being in that tournament. But I think <laughs> that's a matchup that happens unless I'm uh, crazy. So uh, the the games this week will help. And uh, come Monday, I think we will have things a little better sorted out in terms of a, a second ballot. Uh, Ryan knows this. I actually tried to see if we could vote this week. This was several weeks back when we were looking at the schedule because I'm like, oh, geez, we're going to go that long before we, 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 we refresh the preseason. And now in hindsight, I'm very glad we've got one more week uh, of basketball before we vote. Gentlemen, thanks so much. Look forward to chatting with you guys down the road and uh, we'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. See you. See you. Thank you. Ryan Scott, Bob Quillman joining us on the Skype hotline. Appreciate their time, as always. Going to wrap up our show real quick here. We're a little over time here, mainly because of uh, technology, but I appreciate those guys coming on. Appreciate um, uh, Landry Kozmowski from Swarthmore and GP Gromacki coming on the show as well. Um, Again, we'll talk more about rules as we evolve into some shows here on Thursday and next Sunday. Uh, We hope to have maybe a special podcast come out uh, midweek regarding an interview I had with Bill Raleigh. Bill Raleigh was the AD. Uh, He was on the rules committee. He's just cycled off. So he's very familiar with how all these rules came together. He was on the men's side, but he understands the women's side, too. We'll also dive into the women a little bit more. 
I'm not sure if I can get Gordon Mann on the show or not. He is a busy man. Um, but we'll see if we can maybe get him on, talk about the women's side. You had six teams receiving first place votes uh, in Amherst, Tufts, Scranton, Bowdoin, Mary Hunt and Baylor, and St. Thomas. St. Thomas all the way down in the nine hole getting that first place vote. Um, and some interesting um, preseason choices. We'll see if Gordon can come on. If not, we'll try and dive into some of the insight on the women's side coming up on Thursday's show. Uh, Jason says he thinks you were right about Plantville. They were a bit of an enigma last season, but they got players. And they were an enigma last year. I voted for them and then was shocked at how much they just were not playing well, uh, including right in front of us at the Vegas Classic. Speaking of the Vegas Classic, looking forward to that coming up uh, at the Christmas time as well. That's going to wrap up our show. I, I, I thought there might have been something else I wanted to touch on, but there's not. If you do want more stuff you think should be decorating our studio, and I'll warn you now, there's a few jerseys that we haven't hung up yet that we're going to try and find a home for. There's a few other things like I, the books that we haven't hung uh, put up yet that we want to put up. We'll get some of this more dressed up. And by the way, if, if our friend who got us the Hoopsville sign does not know that it is now properly hung on that wall i am gonna say something to him because the wife worked very hard to get that in that location um but we have more stuff we want to hang up we look forward to doing that so uh if you have, if if you think there should be something in our studio you need to contact the programs or if you're part of the programs you need to send it to us you're welcome to email us and we'd be happy to send it uh send you our mailing address that's going to do it for this one. Uh, again, if you're listening to the podcast, thanks for tuning in. If you're listening on video or watching on video, look for more changes with this as we move forward. And uh, eventually, uh, you'll also be able to watch us, I think, on the OTT if you're not watching already. Uh, on your Amazon Fire, your um, Android TV, maybe your Roku or your Apple TV. That'll do it. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios, presented in part also by Blue Frame Technology, sponsors of our Hoopsville Hotline. More sponsors to add later. We look forward to that list being pretty lengthy. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll be back on Thursday at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com. See you on Thursday night.